Nairobi Book Club the podcast. Nairobi tukorada rada. Welcome to Nairobi Book Club the podcast. The, podcast. the world of imagination is awesome. Welcome to Nairobi Book Club the inaugural episode the maiden episode. I'm calling this one episode zero, where we are going to just basically introduce the podcast, what it's about, and talk about the journey that has been to getting to this particular point. My name is Quay Kabala. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know, it's like this podcast is like my baby. It's a passion project. So I'm a little nervous because this is my first very own thing. But I'm also really, really excited. And Nairobi Book Club is basically a podcast where we discuss all things books and bookish from a Nairobi-centric view. And I say Nairobi-centric because this is where I was born and raised. This is where I've lived most of my life. Uh, this is where I live. This is where I work. This is where I play. And Nairobi is my city and I'm proud of it. So that's why I say a Nairobi-centric view because it's my city. So it's all about discussing all things books and bookish from that particular outlook. And um, episode zero, like I said, is all about talking about the journey. So before I discuss the journey, let me introduce myself properly. I am a radio and TV presenter. I am an actress and I like to think of myself as a curator of the modern cultural experience. I'm a creative and I love looking for different kinds of outlets for my passions. And this is just one of those. And Nairobi Book Club actually started as a book club. Back in uh, Feb of 2019, I I can I was feeling like I'm in a reading slump. I wanted to expand my reading in terms of the kind of books I read, um, the kinds of genres I was reading as well, and I wanted to find a community whereby I could actually discuss these books and these things with. Um, so I thought about let me start a book club. So I did it Feb 2019. I went on Instagram. I created a page. I called it Nairobi Book Club. It was fun. in fact. It was supposed to be called Nairobi Book Club, but I think that was taken. And then I was like, oh, what is a substitute? Ah, I'm a book lover, so Nairobi Book Love. So that's how that came about. Started the page and I asked people online, guys, do you want to be a part of the book club? Do you want to discuss books with me? And so many people responded yes. And I was like, I found my people. I'm home. This is perfection. Our very first book of the month was a book that I had just read like a couple of weeks before that I was really into and at the time it was Michelle Obama's Becoming. I really really enjoyed that book and in fact that was part of the reason that when I started the book club I really wanted to find a group of people to discuss becoming with. But then again this was Nairobi Book Club. So I'm like we can't just have the book of the month as much as I'm really feeling Michelle Obama's Becoming we can't start with a book that's not homegrown that's not Kenyan. So I was like, okay, so let me look for a book that I can read and that we can discuss with the book club members. So I went to the bookshop and I found Peter Kimani's Dance of the Jacaranda. Read the book, loved it. And I was like, you know what? This is it. These are the very first books of the month. So it was a joint pick. It was Michelle Obama's Becoming and now Peter Kimani's Dance of the Jacaranda. And now I was like, okay, so we have a book club meeting. Uh, this is the very first one. Some of them are my friends. Some of them are strangers that I've never met. And I was like, I, I, let's let's make this interesting. So I didn't have Peter Kimani's number. I didn't know whether he was on social media. So I went to the website, uh, a website uh, for his agent, his publishing agent. I wrote an email to the agent and I was like, listen, please give me Peter Kimani's contacts because I'd really love if you come and discuss the book uh, with us, with my book club. The agent responded. She gave me his email address and he emailed me. And I'm like, yes, 
the stars are aligned this is going to work unfortunately at the time he was out of the country so we had our first meeting i think a month later we had it in i think april that's when we had our very first meeting from that day on meeting everyone having that discussion with peter just it was such a good time it was a beautiful setting i'm a social person and i got to eat and then i got to discuss books at the same time and i was like this is it this is what i want to do so we ran the book club since that time it's still going strong it's still active online i've met so many incredible people and again like i said i'm a creative it reaches a point where now you ask yourself okay so what's next and like i said i've been in radio for 13 years so the more i was reading these books um because every month we choose a theme and we read a book based on that theme and this has forced me to read books and forced me to uh, explore genres i never would have So it's become such a beautiful experience. So the more I was reading these books, the more I was meeting the authors, I was talking to them, we were having these conversations. I decided, you know what? We need another outlet. We need another forum for these discussions and that's why I thought, you know what? Let's do a podcast. I've been in radio all these years. It it's a natural progression to do a podcast. So here we are. That is the journey. Today is the day we launch Nairobi Book Club the podcast. I'm really excited about everything. First up, I want to say a very big shout out to Mayonda the artist because when I was thinking about podcast music, I kept thinking, okay, so what what are we going to play? And every other podcast is din din din, welcome to the podcast. And I was like, no, that's not me. That's not my vibe. I want it to be very street, very edgy, very Nairobi. And that's and Mayonda's Nairobi is the only song that was coming to my mind. So I called her up and I'm like, girl, I would really like to use your song for the podcast and she's like great go ahead do it and you have no idea the kind of joy I felt for being given express permission to use the music as the podcast theme I think it is absolutely perfect so Mayonde thank you very much when we make it big you are on the list of people to thank you right there at the very very top so what I'm going to do today is like I said this podcast is about books In fact, let me give you what I want to be the tagline. This podcast is all things books and bookish from my Nairobi centric view. So that means we're going to be discussing books, the books we love, the books we hate. We're going to be talking to the authors of these books. We're going to be talking about the book festivals. We are going to be talking about publishing, internationally publishing in Kenya, all the bookish conversations that we want to have. You are home. This is your space. I wanted to give you a sneak peek as to some of the incredible guests that I have for season 1 because I'm really really proud of them and I think you are going to enjoy these episodes very much and I'm going to start with a very good friend of mine his name is G Money we started working on radio together Conrad Gray we bonded over our love of food and fun let me let me just say that G used to have a segment of his show called a moment of meditation and he used to read from a book called Acts of Faith by Eyanla Van Sant. It's an inspirational book. So every day it was like a daily devotional. Every day you read an inspirational message, you know, to just get to get you charged and going. So G used to read from this book every single day and let me tell you the response. It was such a powerful positive force. People loved that segment. They could connect with it. And I thought when I was thinking about podcast guests, isn't this fantastic? He found a way to bring a book to the masses in a beautiful format and I just had to have a discussion with him about the same thing. So here's a snippet of us talking about his favorite reading from Acts of Faith by Iyanla Van Sant. Oh my goodness. Um I think for me there are so many readings that that have impacted me but one that I'll never forget is 
there was a whole week where they dedicated to um, saying people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a, or a lifetime. And I remember I just lost my grandmother at the time. And for those of you who know, know that I'm, I'm a granny's boy, 110%. And shortly after she passed away and I'd gone to Jamaica and I'd come back, this reading came up. People come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. When you figure out which it is, you will know exactly what to do. And then what happened was, throughout the course of that week, and I'll, I'll probably read a bit of it because I've got the book in front of me, they broke down about how to react when people come into your life. So for example... Wouldn't it be wonderful if our first love could be our one and only love forever and ever? Amen. Well, surely you know by now that life is not like that. People come into your life for a reason. People come and go in your life. And throughout the course of that week, the title of each reading was A Reason, A Season, or A Lifetime. So, for example, I give you the first line of um, a reason. When someone is in your life for a reason, it's usually, it's usually to meet a need you have expressed outwardly or inwardly. They have come to assist you for a difficult period to provide you with guidance and support and then in the middle of helping you they bounce sometimes they die sometimes they just disappear sometimes you have a silly argument and it's gone but their purpose in your life has been fulfilled so i read that like yeah people do come into your life for a reason then the next day it was like people come into your right your life for a season when people come into your life for a season it's because your turn has come to share, grow, or learn. And they may bring an experience of peace or make you laugh or teach something that you've never done. And that made me think, hold a minute. People come into your life sometimes for a season because it's your turn to teach them something. Mm. It's your time to show them. And then when the time comes for them to disappear and your seasonal friendship or relationship is done, it ends at the divinely appointed time and we can't hold on to these things thank you G I think you're really going to enjoy that segment so up next another teaser for a beautiful guest we're going to be having on the show her name is Shiro Koinange Shiro is a writer a publisher and a restorer of libraries and that's just the simplest way to describe this amazing woman she started an initiative called Bank Books a local publishing printing company which is I think incredible because we do not have enough so the very first uh, book that they've done is a book she's written called Havoc of Choice I love this book I read this book it is an automatic five star read for me it is an incredible book if you have not read Havoc of Choice by Wanjiro Koinange get it right now in fact here she is talking about the writing process Havoc of Choice is basically set around the events of the post-election violence in 2007-2008 it's a very emotive time for us as Kenyans and here's a snippet of her talking about that whole writing process and throughout what is maybe the second half of the book you kind of get to experience what's happening in different parts of the country through these characters who at this point you're invested in in love with and so committed to their well-being and you're kind of seeing them walk through Nakuru what was happening in Elba what was happening um, in Nairobi and different parts of Nairobi because we know how the highway divides the city of ours in, in incredible ways and it's a truly emotional it's a difficult it was a difficult book to write it's a difficult book to read um, and it was I think like it was eight years of working from like the day I decided this is the thing I'm doing to like literally getting it arrived, delivered to my apartment a few weeks ago. That was eight and a half years. And I don't know if I would change anything about the process because of how intense um, the story is and how intense the process of writing it had been. Yeah, it, it is. I'm 
it's indescribable. It's there's never a day in the last three weeks that it's been out that I haven't seen it, or or, or gotten a review or stranger sending me a voice note being like, you can't, you don't know me and I don't know you, but I have to tell you how I'm feeling. It's such a um, wonderful thing to hear people respond to it in the way that I that I needed them to because I needed this book to have that emotional truth. It's a phrase I've only had Chimamanda um, refer to, but I but the first time I heard. That emotional, emotionally true phrase. I'm like, that's exactly what. But that's why you get goosebumps when you're reading a book because it's not just true, um, in terms of like the consistency of the like, technicality. Yeah, of course it would be Tuesday, yesterday was Monday, but it's true in the way that it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I think that's what took eight years to develop. That that book was the plot was was done in the first draft, but it's those little details. It's how Kenyans speak. Um, it's how they react to things. It's like the way we dance around with languages, how our languages are married of Cuke and Kiswahili and English and Gamba and all of these other things. Those are the things that take time to do. And I could have done it for another eight years if I even want to stop me. If I didn't have a book deal stopping me, I'd have been like, let me just tinker until, until someone offers to buy this thing. Um, but it was really important to me that it feels it feels like home because I, I, I remember what it felt like the first time I read her Purple Hibiscus and I couldn't stop crying. Um, and that's when I knew I had to write. I'm like, I've always known I wanted to be a writer, but I wasn't actively doing it until I read Purple Hibiscus. Talking to Shira was so much fun. I think you're really, really going to love this episode. Automatic five-star book for me. And that leads me into the first five-star read I had of 2020 was a book by a South African author. It's called Hum If You Don't Know the Words. The author is Bianca Murray. She's South African, but right now she's based in Canada. I read Hum If You Don't Know the Words. I bought it a long time ago. So I finally got to it and I read it and it was incredible. My first five-star read of this year. So I reached out to Bianca online. I'm like, Bianca, this book is incredible. Do you mind having a conversation for the podcast for me? And she's like, I'd love it. So we did it on Zoom and it was just brilliant. And here she is talking about a little bit about the book's characters as well as a Soweto Uprising, which is very central to the theme of the book. Right, so it's about two characters, a nine-year-old white girl called Robin Conrad, whose parents are murdered on the day of the Soweto uprising. Uh, She needs somewhere to live, someone to take care of her. Uh, And so she moves in with her hapless aunt, who isn't the best person to care for her. And the other character is Beauty and Bali, a almost 50-year-old black causa woman, whose daughter goes missing on the day of the Soweto uprising, and she needs to come and find her daughter in Johannesburg. And essentially, this is this dual narrative of these two people who are so, so different on complete opposite sides of the political spectrum whose lives come together. The Soweto uprising happened in 1976. And this was the year in which I was born. So Mm. on the day that this travesty was taking place, not very far from where I lived, Um, I was a five-month-old white baby being cared for by a black woman. Uh, And my whole life, you know, I kind of took her presence in my life for granted because this is what children do. And it's only when I got older and I started to realize um, how difficult this must have been for her. Her name was Eunice. It, It is Eunice. She's 97 years old this year. And the older I got, the more I realized what sacrifices she made. She left five children behind in the Bantu homeland of the Transkei and worked in Johannesburg uh, pretty much for the oppressor so that she could raise me. Uh, And she did it with such love and such grace. 
Uh, and so for me, that year was pivotal. It was such a huge part in South Africa's history. The Soweto uprising was a catalyst to the eventual dismantling of apartheid. Uh, and the fact that this was done by young people. I mean, we're seeing this today in the world. Young people are standing up against climate change, against all kinds of travesties. Um, and, and it's the power of that young voice that I really wanted to to harness. And also it shows South Africa in transition, in turmoil. And my two characters were in transition and turmoil as well. So it was a perfect backdrop to what was happening in their lives. There you go. What else can I say? You're really going to love that episode. Uh, finally, here, let me give you one last tease. And this one is a conversation with James Murwa. James is a journalist. He is a writer. And most recently, he was one of the judges for the Kane Prize for African Writing. And we got to talking about what really is the African story. I think you need to, I think you start with the definition first. What is an African story? And, and I, I'm not a big fan of people who say that an African story is somebody who is in an African village, let's say whether it's Windhoek or Johannesburg or, or you know, Lagos or Cairo. That's not an African story, man. I mean, an African story is an African experience of the world. So an African might either be maybe an African in Lagos or an African in Perth or an African in um, Washington, D.C. or even Bogota. So that's, for me, the definition is not the location of the person, where the person is. People of Africa, you know, there's a way they experience the world wherever they may be. Whether it's, uh, you know, with the, the view of the world, you know, the way they experience the world, it's, it's, it's really, really, when you see it, you can actually see it's not that different. Whether, whether they are the rich people, whether they're the poor people, whether they're from urban, rural. So the issue is not about the location of the person. Um, the Dragonfly Sea is about a, a woman who is born in Lamu, uh, in Pate, and she spends a huge amount of her time in China. It's an African story because this is an African woman and her experience of China. Okay, so for me, that's that's the thing that people need to understand. We, we, we somebody decided that stories by Africans are only those ones of Africans who are sitting on our rock. So Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's Americana talks about this woman and these this people who are living in, in Nigeria, then they move, move to the U.S. So when they go to the U.S., they're Africans. That's their, that's their experience of the world. And then they go back. The person doesn't have to actually be born. The person doesn't have to be living in Africa. They just need to be African. That, that, that's, for me, the definition of an African story. So there you go, guys. That's it. That's it. That's enough of a teaser about what you can expect on the first season of Nairobi Book Club. So we're going to be doing these episodes every other week. Uh, yes, <laughs> I'd love to do it every week, but yo, I need I, I need time to gather all the information and I, I need time to make sure that this is a quality show that you will love and that you will appreciate. So thank you so much. You can get the podcast absolutely any and everywhere that you get podcasts. And if you've got feedback, if you've got ideas, if you've got critique, whatever it is, this is an open forum. I would love to hear that. So make sure you follow us at Nairobi Book Club on both Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at Kabala, and I would love to hear from you. I want to welcome you to this journey. It is going to be absolutely phenomenal. <laughs>